My name is Elizabeth. I just want you to know I never listened to I Doubt It with Jesse Dallimore because he reminds me of Tarash Limbaugh, and I don't like him. Bye. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Thank you for joining us back here at the good old rally point. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. This is episode 234. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore, and sitting across from me, co-host Brittany Page. Back from vacation. The trip is over. Yes. And I'd like to say that it's it's likely that uh, we will not be on top of our game. <laughs> oh, well, why'd you have to say that? Well, I just, there's been times where we take an episode off and it's, it's hard to to get back in the rhythm. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm not trying to prognosticate. Maybe I'm just setting the bar very low. You know, I feel like it's going great so far. <laughs> well, so... we're a, we're a minute and thirty four seconds in. I uh, give it give it a little time. Whatever, it's good. So Brittany and I, as you well know, not only went on a trip this past week, but we also skipped. Our the last episode we were supposed to do, which would have been one two thirty four, but now this is it mm-hmm. because I got real real sick. Shocking fever, chills, chattering, shaking, little bit of poop here and there. You're <laughs> not going to confirm nor deny, but there's a strong likelihood that the forecast was ripe. You know, for poop. it's interesting that the germaphobe Brittany Page does not get sick, but the anti-germaphobe Jesse D <laughs> always gets sick. Not always. It just sick happens all the time. Chronic illness. Anyway, so we went on the trip and prior to the trip, we prepared. You go out and Brittany is very fastidious about getting the typical travel items that she prefers, like little travel-sized toothpastes and travel-sized shampoos. Yeah, I go a little crazy with it. And we went to the local department store, Target. And I swear to God, kids sometimes are awesome. (laughs) As we're in the little area where they have all of the the mini everything, yeah, mini, yeah. mini soaps, mini packs of razors, little tiny packs of Q-tips. Mm-hmm. There's this little girl who cannot be more than five years old. Yeah, for sure. And she has, I think what she had in her hands was like the little hollow tube that fits together and, and encases a toothbrush. Yeah. And she was holding this like a microphone. Mind you, five years old. And she is wailing at the top of her lungs. <laughs> it was amazing. Over and over again. Yeah, but she wasn't just singing it for anybody. She was looking right in our faces, oh, yeah. singing it to us. It was almost like an omen, like, don't take the trip. Well, okay, I didn't take it that way. <laughs> But I love how kids just don't care. Oh, she was she was on stage. She wanted to sing Final Countdown, and she was going to sing it right now, and she was going to sing it to us. Well, it's clear she's got a parent, mother, or father who is into Europe. Or watches Arrested Development. Right. right. <laughs> why, she's like, a, for me, it was like looking into the past and seeing a five-year-old Britney Page Singing Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, in the in the in the mid eighties. Yeah. Why would you have? Is that right? I mean, it it doesn't exactly translate, but (laughs) I mean, it's all right. Oh no, that doesn't translate at all. (laughs) Wow, my math was way off. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we had a well, especially since Earth, Wind, and Fire had popular songs. 
in the 80s. Right. And well, you weren't alive then. Europe so. is not a thing in 2016. How dare you? That little five-year-old girl would beg to differ. Yeah. They're playing a casino around here somewhere. <laughs> or a county fair. Yeah. So uh, the trip went well. We we did travel to both Seattle and Spokane, Washington, otherwise known as Spokanistan. And we had a really good time. It was uh, travel-tastic. Yeah, it was awesome. A lot of good food, a lot of good times. Good to go. Well, that sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. For being patient during our absence, during our one-week schedule absence, and then also putting up with the the malady, the malingering that tends to be my my general status in life, I guess. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, before we get started, let's drop the phone number. For those of you have, who have forgotten it, since we are now having, having missed three episodes... 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email us a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you just like we did. Now, here we go. Here, here's another issue with me having been sick and missing an episode. One of these voicemails was supposed to have been played what would have been three episodes ago, a week and a half ago. And because I am a sick asshole, we didn't get to it. So without further ado. Hey, guys. Absolutely love the show. Good job, Brittany. Um, <laughs> I'm actually Thanks. a new listener. I just started listening after uh, I, heard it take, I heard you take down the Tommy Loren on a couple of issues, Jesse. thought it was pretty awesome because she's a moron. <laughs> but so I've been going back and listening to all the old stuff. And I feel like you guys made me a smidge smarter. So definitely going to keep listening. Um I just really wanted to talk about how thankful I am for the RNC. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm so thankful for this Republican Party right now because I don't know. I don't know if you guys are football fans. I I, I don't know, but I'm a happy football fan. Go Cowboys! And this is still in this dead space until football season. This is better than reality TV, right? This is the best reality TV. Um, I mean. Whether whether it's Melania and her plagiarism speech, or bio, or got uh, bio, things like that, uh, how he uh, speaks on his moral fibers and what America was founded on, founded on being hard work. When I think about what America's founded on, I think about free labor and uh, you know, pretty heinous acts. But uh, man, whether it's Ted Cruz getting booed on stage. <laughs> or Steve King uh, talking about the donations that uh, white people have made to society or Western civilization, as he put it. Um, the people the people putting the American flag in front of the no race, uh, no racism and no hate. The pink sign the lady had is just to say leave us, leave us in our, uh, leave us in our moral morals and what what this flag really says for alone. I just I just think it's Awesome. All I need now is for Stacey Dash to come on and say why all minorities and immigrants should back uh, should back uh, Donald Trump, and he's he's got he's got their best interests in mind, or why all women should allow Pence to speak for them because you know he knows what's best for women. Like if that happens, then I'm good. I'm set for the rest of the summer. But uh, just want to tell you guys I love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure I'll be doing this patron thing real soon because you guys do a great job. Love the show, especially Brittany. Uh, Jesse, do better, but keep doing it. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> well, let's love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. That's close enough. Mm-hmm. It is. I would I would say thank you to the caller by name, but he didn't leave his name. Oh dang! He did though say that he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. And without getting too far into the weeds about sports, come on, guy. Being a being a, a loyal decades, many decades long Redskins fan, I can't I can't condone it. It, it. it doesn't drive me to the point of banning him from the show. But, you know, 
Come yeah, on. I'm quite passionate about this topic. I could see your eyes rolling into the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> like sleepy time. And nobody cares. That was one instance that he brought up. And thank you, caller. Listen, we appreciate it very much. Uh, that was one instance that we didn't talk about on the previous show, on the on the 233 episode. And that was when they were, a woman had a sign, like a pink quilt that had the words like no, no hate, no whatever, no war, no hate, something like that. Mm-hmm. Which... Who, who can argue with that message? <laughs> who would argue with that message? A lot of people. No, fuck you. We want lots of hate. <laughs> and all these dudes were trying to rip the sign out of her hand. Yeah. The sheet or whatever it was. And, and then several people had randomly had loose American flags with them mm-hmm. and were running up to her to cover her sign with the American flag. Yeah. <laughs> and the metaphor there is just, it's lousy with, it's shitty. Yeah, I mean, goddamn. It was truly a disturbing thing to witness, especially with how aggressive these people were with her. Right. It was really scary. I, I don't listen. I know I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it again, but this Republican Party is far afield from the Republican Party of my, of my childhood. And it wasn't even that great then. <laughs> but now... Holy shit. I mean, really? You can't just let... She wasn't screaming. She wasn't yelling. She was just standing there silently holding her little sign that says what everybody should feel. There was no disruption whatsoever. Except for the assholes trying to rip it out of her hand. Except for when they caused the scene. (laughs) Right. Wow. All right. Well, next up, we have another call about Donald Trump. Hi, guys. It's Dan from Oceanside. Hey, are you guys following the uh, the direction that the Trump campaign is starting to push their talking points and their kind of campaign narrative, which is towards that uh, if Trump doesn't win, it's because the election's rigged. You know, he's claiming a rigged election three months before a vote is cast, uh, which is what he did when, Tr- when uh, Trump was losing primaries to Ted Cruz. He claimed that the RNC was trying to rig the campaign against him to get, it, get him out of the race and stuff. Uh, you know, Hillary... You know, depending on what poll you look at, got a six to ten point bump coming off the DNC, uh, and that'll only widen as they go to to uh, debates because, I mean, she'll she'll eat him for breakfast, and anyone who's not uh, who's still undecided and not biased towards her, she'll she'll take his lunch money. It, it won't be pretty. Uh, but this this idea that we can't trust election results seems to be of all the damaging, scary things he said seems to be uh, long-term for national health, seems to be the scariest and lo- most long-term damaging thing, uh, which is which is hard to pick one, but it, that would be mine. Um, I hope that people uh, kind of rebut this on its face in the national conversation about this uh, this election, because that's a... Uh, it's, it's not good. Can't Can't have illegitimate elections. Even though that, you know, the the right seems to claim election fraud, but there's been something like sixty or seventy cases in the last two decades, and it's, it's not not an issue. So, anyways, guys, uh, love the show. Hope you're doing well. Talk to you later. There is a lot there. In fact, on the of course that is something Trump's doing now, which is the the rigged. It's not just the rigged system of the primary. It was so rigged that he got himself the nomination, Brittany. Now it's he's preemptively saying, like the caller said there, Dan said there, that uh, he's he's announcing, which is kind of setting himself up. So if he does lose, oh yeah, see, I told you it was rigged. They they scammed me, like like it's an automatic that he's going to get elected because he's Donald fucking Trump. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't seem to care about things being rigged. When he's inviting the Russians to hack into Hillary Clinton's emails right. <laughs> and encouraging Russians, Russia's interference with the election. Well, there's even been reporting done about how there is a suspected effort by Russia to gain access to our voting machines through hacking, through nefarious Internet activity to sway the election one way or the other. 
Yeah, Washington Post ran an article on this titled, By November, Russian Hackers Could Target Voting Machines. Wow. And they stress in this article the importance of the government deciding what to do in response to this interference from Russia. Although that's complicated because the attacks are obviously politically partisan. Sure, yeah. They're not going to be swinging the election toward Hillary Clinton. But if... From the article, if foreign governments learn that they can influence our elections with impunity, this opens the door for future manipulations, both document thefts and dumps like this one that we see and more subtle manipulations that we don't see. It might be time just to do it the old fashioned way and go back to paper ballots as imperfect as that is. It's not as as open to foreign manipulation. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's paranoid to me, but it's I'm not saying that's exactly what I think, but it's certainly worth a a conversation. Well, this article ends even more important. We need to secure our election system before autumn. If Putin's government has already used a cyber attack to attempt to help Trump win, there's no reason to believe he won't do it again, especially now that Trump is inviting him to help. Absolutely. And this listen, this isn't just paranoia on so many people's part. Paul Manafort, the freshly hired campaign manager who dethroned Corey Lewandowski, has deep-rooted ties to Russia, to Ukraine specifically, who who was revamping the image of the ousted leader of Ukraine, who is now in hiding in Russia. He had all kinds of nefarious business deals, There is a definite element, a thread running through the Trump campaign that is closely aligned to Russia. And it is problematic, to say the least, especially when all these other little data points come in, whether it be him inviting the Russians to to hack her emails or the fact that Russia were the ones who stole the emails from the Democratic National Committee. There's so much there that is... Very alarming. All right. Well, this is where we would normally do follow-up. <laughs> but it's been so goddamn long, we really don't have any. So, let's move straight into... Uh... Oh, I know what we do. Uh, let's talk about our three newest Patreon supporters. Cindy, Billy, and Jorge. Yes. I think it's Jorge. Yes. It's with a J, so... And I am a fucking idiot. So <laughs> That makes two of us. Yeah, no good. So thank you guys so much for joining the, the, the team, uh, joining the family of supporters, helping move the conversation forward. Every little bit goes a long way. We say it every time. And um, your stickers are on the way. And Brittany are... are and Brittany and I are are collectively, there's two of us, so it's not a r- big collection, but we are putting our heads together right now to, are those gummy bears good that you're eating out of the packets there? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Unaware of what's being said. Uh, we are putting our heads together to come up with other little treats that we can serve up, speaking of gummy bears, little treats that we can <laughs> serve up to our loyal Patreon supporters, uh, mouse pads or coffee mugs or whatever. And as generous as you guys are, you're not real generous with the ideas. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> because I'm trying to, I'm always trying to come up with new shit and you dirty selfish fuckers won't help me. <laughs> you won't help me out with any ideas. I know. So you're very generous with your cash. You're just not generous with very important ideas because I am not very smart and not very creative. I need your help. 657-464-7609. Email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubted at dollamore.com. I have three websites for you if you'd like to support the show. dollamore.com slash Amazon dollamore.com slash patreon and dollamore.com slash paypal dollamocracy 2016 facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism all right well listen 
as as Donald Trump is enjoying uh, an astronomical amount of support from the general electorate, as far as I'm concerned, any support that he would that he would enjoy uh, or has engendered up to this point would be unnecessary and wild. Um, however, I was thinking about this the other day that what is it about Trump that makes people they're falling under his spell. You know what I mean? What is it? Because it, it, it's it's certainly not his his oratory uh, ability. It's not the words that he's saying. Although if you listen to him, he has the best words. Yeah. Well, I, he's a very good brain, Brittany. I think it's that a, a lot of people see themselves in him. Right? Donald Trump is not somebody who knows a lot of things. <laughs> And he's not able to answer questions about a lot of things. So normally when you, let's use Fox News Sunday for an example, right? The Sunday shows are supposed to be more intellectual than other shows. That's kind of how they're viewed. A little bit more wonkish in policy. Yeah. More cerebral. Right. And so when you watch those shows, typically you see candidates that really know what they're talking about. They're very intelligent. They're talking about foreign policy in a way that you might not hear other people on, you know, CNN, just a regular talking head speaking. Right. Sure. Yeah. And when you hear Donald Trump on those shows, it is the same guy. He is not able to talk about (laughs) any complicated foreign policy issue. He doesn't know the players. He doesn't even really know. The areas, I mean, he doesn't really know anything about anything. Yeah. And I think people relate to that. Yeah, well, it could be. Uh, it, not in a good way. I'm just saying actually, I think they relate to that. That's actually probably very, very accurate because it's it's your everyday man. You're, it is a populist movement. He's appealing to that. Right. Uh, it did remind me, though, of a Norm MacDonald bit where he's talking about Hitler and how Hitler's rise to power and Hitler's popularity always kind of confused him. Uh, I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. And nothing, there's nothing redeeming about the guy. I tell you guys, I go, how on earth could these Germans, like, uh, follow this lunatic, you know? And they're like, oh, he was an incredible public speaker, you know? He could, oh, he could uh, hypnotize you with his public speaking. And then I see him, he's like, strangely, strangly, strangly! I go, what? That's not my idea of a silver-tongued devil, you know? It's kind of the same thing. I mean, everything that you said so articulately and intellectually, Brittany, it still doesn't explain. I don't know. It's like, I guess what makes me what I think about is if you have like you're you're a snake charmer. You got your little thing and your your little whistle, your little recorder. Yeah. And you're playing a little tune for your cobra. Uh-huh. And he's you're playing a really good tune though. And you're he's oh, really yeah. oh, he's swaying and but it's just like I don't know. I guess it would be like a snake being charmed by a fucking banjo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the, the snake's got a droopy eye. Yeah. And he's kind of slow. Yeah. He's got one of those little jugs with the X's on it for the moonshine. Well, it's like I said earlier today, <laughs> because because reporters have started reading Donald Trump quotes on TV like oh. they do with any other candidate. Yeah, but they're starting to do it more with Trump recently, I think. Or maybe yeah. we're noticing it more. Well, and when you hear the things that he says read to you from someone who's not him... <laughs> It really changes the whole deal. It doesn't, it, when they don't read it with the dumb Trump cadence, they yeah. read it like a smart person. Yeah. And it's like, what? what? Yeah, nothing was said there. So <laughs> literally nothing was right. just said. He'll cycle through the same like 12 words. Right. Something's going on. That's right. Something's going on. Tremendous. Tr- tremendous. Um, I'm great at things. People are saying. Yeah. Many said people it. have said. Many people said it. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. It, it, it is remarkable, certainly. And I do want to say one thing, because there's been a lot of criticism I've seen directed at people who 
only criticize Donald Trump or are perceived to only criticize Donald Trump. And I know many notable conservative people, libertarian people in the news. Well, you you mean people who assume that you are for Hillary Clinton if you only criticize Donald Trump. Well, not even that you're for her, but but are inquiring as to why you're not talking about her as much as Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I get this and, a lot on YouTube. And that should be crystal clear. Right. That should just be not even a question that's asked. I mean, I really don't understand that. This is someone who never says an intellectual thing, is always insulting people that he should not be insulting. It's just a train wreck. It doesn't apologize when it is shown that he is fucking wrong. And he's causing trouble everywhere he goes. I mean, he's pissing off the GOP right now in an incredible way by not endorsing Paul Ryan. Who has endorsed him. Right. Not (laughs) endorsing John McCain. I mean, after saying he's not a war hero and that he prefers people who weren't captured and then not endorsing him. I think that Donald Trump is a little too big for his fucking britches because he is stepping on the toes of not only Paul Ryan, but Reince Priebus, oh, the yeah. chairman of the Republican National Committee, right? who chair, he was the chairman of, of Paul Ryan's first congressional campaign. They are close. They are confidants. They are comrades. If you start, you're biting the hand that feeds you if you start fucking with the chairman of your party. Well, let's let's get into this a little bit. What's been going on? This is going to be a little disjointed because we've missed so much. We missed uh, most of the Republican National Convention. We missed all of the Democratic National Convention. And prior to the Republican Convention, Tim Kaine, the the now uh, vice presidential nominee for for the Democrats with Hillary, he gave a speech and he speaks fluent Spanish. He's a Catholic. He spent a long time in Central and South America, and he doesn't speak George W. Bush Spanish with the twangy hammer dangy. He's he really speaks Spanish very well. He also understands the culture very well in many of those countries down there. And after that speech, in some kind of a weird juxtaposition type of talk, Scotty Nell's Hughes who is one of those surrogates of Donald Trump who gets made fun of on Saturday Night Live, she had this to say. Scotty uh, Nell Hughes is with us. Uh, She's a CNN political commentator, a Donald Trump supporter. I'm really anxious, Scotty, to hear your reaction. How did he do? Well, I think he actually did great. I think he had a great, he had some great energy. He definitely was just as casual as, as his wardrobe. He made everybody feel at ease. That was probably one of the first times I've seen Hillary Clinton actually relax and kind of enjoy her own event. So I think that was a good thing. But I think what was great about this speech coming from um, the Republican side is this is really, once again, dividing what the difference in the platforms are between the Republicans and the Democrats. And if you take all of the kind of, you know, the, the mud singing across the board, you actually look at the principles between the two. You have got one side that actually says, you know, that I'm with her. And like Mr. Trump said, it's the, I'm going to put America first. You talk about immigration, that you, where it's all about all Americans is the proposals of the Republicans. And this is about actually sitting there and, and continuing to divide us. You know, I appreciate him having multicultural and speaking Spanish. I think that's a great idea. And we can all bring out our languages. Melania could come out and speak her five different languages as well. But what Mr. Trump did, he spoke in a language that all Americans can understand. That is English. And that is one good thing that I thought that was a great thing that, you know, we saw during the... I didn't have to get a translator for anything that was going on at the RNC this week. And I'm hoping I'm not going to have to kind of start brushing up back on my door of the Explorer to understand Uh. some of the speeches given this week. I think that right there, you know, that was probably one of the things that stuck out for me. And I think once you start actually comparing records to records and who wants a pathway to amnesty and who wants actually to secure our borders and secure and protect our citizens, you know, Trump... uh, No, Wolf, illegals cost our country $113 billion dollars per year. That's money we don't have. That's money that could go back into our urban areas, revitalize our schools, put some of these folks back to work, could help our seniors. But instead, we're spending them on illegals that are coming across the border right now. And that's all Americans want right now. We want to open up. We, are, we, we give more than probably any other country in the world. But let's take care of our citizens first. Let's make sure they're going back to work before we support all these others that might not even be contributing to the system. 
there is so much to unpack there. First of all, she's claiming that Tim Kaine speaking Spanish as well as English, there were certain things that he said that he would repeat in Spanish, that, that him doing that is dividing America and that Trump had the decency to speak a language that all Americans speak. And then she goes on this, this uh, illegal immigrant bashing thing not making any differentiation between illegal immigrants and American citizens who speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. They're all the same in the Trump playbook. They're all the same to Scotty Nels Hughes. Just dirty Mexicans, dirty brown people who fucking speak Spanish. How dare you speak your devil tongue in my country? As far as she's concerned, I'm sure Jesus spoke English too. It is it is disgusting having a having a major surrogate for the Republican nominee for the presidency say this. But what Mr. Trump did, he spoke in a language that all Americans can understand. That is English. It's just it's short sighted and, and it's hateful. It really is. It wasn't the only one, though. A congressman, Sean Duffy, who another reality star came to fame on in one of those MTV shows, I think Road Rules or Real World, whatever the, the house show was. Don't, and, don't reference me. Yeah, and he had, I'm just waving my arms. <laughs> and he had this to say, and apparently he believes that finally America has a candidate who speaks to the white man. When he pointed at the camera and said, I'm going to fight for you. There are so many people who feel like they've been left aside. And may, this might be inappropriate to say, but um, there's, there, 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 there's, a, there's a viewpoint that says I can fight for minorities and I can fight for women. And if you get that, you make up a vast majority of the voting bloc and you win. And white males have been left beside a little bit in, in, in the politics of, of who speaks to them, um, not in regard to the, the culture and, and the economy, but who speaks to them politically. Donald Trump is, I think, speaking across a, a, a wide breadth of people um, in a way that I think you're going to see these numbers pop. <laughs> oh, praise Jesus, Brittany. Finally, America finally has a has a politician that speaks to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's not like we've had 43 in a row white men right. as president of the United States. We finally get one that's half white, half black, and now it appears we may get a woman as the 45th president of the United States, but uh, white dudes have had a pretty good run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. A real good run. Right, right. So this is the party of Donald Trump. This is the Republican Party. We can no longer say, oh, he's just an outlier. It's not that big a deal. Uh, they're going to do the right thing because they didn't do the right, right thing. He did get a record number of votes than any other Republican candidate. Yeah. Does the Clint Eastwood thing kind of tie in here? Uh, absolutely. The Cle Let's talk about that. So Clint Eastwood is quoted as saying, we're really in a pussy generation. <laughs> Everybody's walking on eggshells. We see people accusing people of being racist and all kinds of stuff. When I grew up, those things weren't called racist. <laughs> it's like he's 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 been possessed by his character that he played in Gran Torino. Yeah. <laughs> I mean seriously. Yeah. That is an asinine thing to say. What's the last line? When I grew up, those things weren't called racist. Those things weren't called racist. That was called how you did things. Yeah. It wasn't racist to turn the hoses on the blacks in the street. That's just what you did. Yeah. It wasn't racist to have blacks drink out of a separate drinking fountain. That was just everyday life. All these pussies. What is this resistance to changing and growing and progressing and being decent to other human beings. I mean, it's really confusing. And then and then you have <laughs> and then you have this polling coming out saying that nearly half of white Americans say life was better in the 50s and 60s. 
Yeah, for you. Right. Of course. For you. Of course whites think it was better. Now, what is this inability to take into consideration other people's feelings and other people's views? Right. And how things might have been for other people and how things are for other people now? Well, it's like Louis C.K. talks about, about being white. How great it is to be white. And he goes, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not saying white people are better. But I'm saying being white is clearly better. Right. That if I had the opportunity to, to re-up, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take white again every year. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's just an easier life. There's a privilege to it. God damn. And that's the thing that the Trump camp and apparently a large swath of America doesn't understand. Well, and that's what's scaring me. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about people who who are asking, well, why are you talking about Donald Trump way more than you're talking about Hillary Clinton? Well, it would be because of these vaguely racist sentiments that are being stirred up, that are being encouraged, quite frankly. Well, and they're also becoming not so vague. No, yeah, and people, they're becoming more comfortable saying things that are very, uh, why are you saying that? Yeah, like, what's next for Clint Eastwood? Hey, darkies, get off my lawn. I mean, come on. It is very, very disturbing. Well, all of this has set a stage. We have talked about David Duke, former grand Poobah, Grand Wizard, Grand Dragon of the KKK. And all of this environment that has been created in and out of the Trump camp within conservative Republican policies and politics has set the stage, a comfortable stage, a warm bath, if you will, that has allowed an environment to foster Kind of like when you leave bread out on a on a on a humid counter outdoors, it gets moldy real quick. Well, David Duke is getting real moldy because he decided he's going to run for the United States Senate in the state of Louisiana. After the great outpouring of overwhelming support, I'm proud to announce my candidacy for the United States Senate. I believe in equal rights for all and respect for all Americans. <laughs> However, what makes me different is I also demand respect for the rights and the heritage of European Americans. I passed the only bill in America forbidding affirmative action programs that racially discriminate against the best qualified. Thousands of special interest groups stand up for African Americans, Mexican Americans, Jewish Americans, etc., etc. The fact is that European Americans need at least one man in the United States Senate, one man in the Congress who will defend their rights and heritage. We must stop the massive immigration and ethnic cleansing of the people whose forefathers created America. I was the first major candidate in modern times to promote the term and policy of America first. We cannot have free trade without fair trade. We must protect American jobs and businesses. We must have total campaign reform. It's time to end all political PAC money and the control of politics by the oligarchs of finance and media. We must enforce antitrust laws to break up the anti-American huge media conglomerates. The New York Times admitted that my platform became the GOP mainstream and propelled Republicans to control of Congress. They sold us out. I'm overjoyed to see Donald Trump and most Americans embraced most of the issues that I've championed for years. My slogan remains America first. I've always said equal rights for all, special interests for none. I've always opposed these wars that lead our nation to disaster. I've supported fair trade. The people of Louisiana and America must have at least one man in the Senate who will never surrender, never give up, never sell out to the special interest. The time is now. A revolution is coming in the United States of America. For the real people, the vast majority of the American people, we are going to go against the special interest, we're going to free our country, and we're going to change the politics of America. (laughs) 
So this guy feels real confident now, Brittany, now that he's seen the success of Donald Trump mm-hmm. and seen all the Steve Kings and the Sean Duffy's and all of these other surrogates who've said pretty terrible, arguably racist things on national TV and they still have a job. They haven't been laughed out of their positions. Well, yeah, I'm sure that David Duke is having a great time right now because he has been a joke for a long time. Yeah. And now there's this movement, and he, he called it a revolution. Apparently right, right. That's what everyone wants to call their, their movement. And he sees room to come back, make an appearance. Yeah. Have some success again. Well, it wasn't th- the face of racism wasn't just brought out during the Republican National Convention. During the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, a couple who lost their son fighting in Iraq took to the stage and gave a speech admonishing Donald Trump on many of his policies. And the father took out his constitution, his pocket constitution, waved it in the air, and challenged Donald Trump to read the Constitution, because clearly he doesn't have a fundamental understanding of what is inside of it, of what it protects, of what it stands for. Well, Donald Trump was asked about this, the remarks from the elder Khan, and George Stephanopoulos peppered him with questions about it, and Donald Trump did what you'd think Donald Trump would do, got a little racist, and a lot hateful. There was a man named Kaiser Khan speaking at the Democratic Convention. His son, Captain Humayun Khan, was killed serving in Iraq. And he had some very tough questions for you. He said you wouldn't have even let his son in America. He He doesn't know. He doesn't know that. I saw him. He was, uh, you know, very emotional and probably looked like uh, a nice guy to me. His wife... uh, if you look at his wife, she was standing there. She had nothing to say. She probably, maybe she wasn't allowed to have anything to say. You tell me, but plenty of people have written that. Uh, she uh, she was extremely quiet, and it looked like she had nothing to say. A lot of people have said that, uh, and personally, uh, I watched him. I wish him the best of luck, George. What would you say to that, Father? Well, I'd say we've had a lot of problems with radical Islamic terrorism. That's what I'd say. We have a lot of problems where... You look at San Bernardino, you look at Orlando, you look at the World Trade Center, you look at so many different things. You look at what happened to the priest over the weekend in Paris where his throat was cut, 85-year-old, beloved Catholic priest. You look at what happened in Nice, France a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'd say you got to take a look at that because something's going on and it's not good. He said you have sacrificed nothing and no one. Well, that sounds... Uh, who wrote that? Did uh, Hillary's uh, scriptwriters write it? How would you answer that, Father? What sacrifice have you made for your country? I think I've made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, I work very, very hard. I've created thousands and thousands of jobs, tens of thousands <laughs> of jobs. Uh, I think Those I've are sacrifices? Oh, sure. I think they're sacrifices. I think when I can employ thousands and thousands of people, take care of their education, take care of so many things, even in military, I mean, I was very responsible along with a group of people for getting the Vietnam Memorial built in downtown Manhattan, which to this day people thank me for. Uh, I raised and I have raised millions of dollars for the vets. I'm helping the vets a lot. I think my popularity with the vets is through the roof. What is with his constant appeal to authority? It is bizarre. Anytime he says something, it's many people have said this. Many people have written about this. Yeah. Many people agree with me. So you should go ahead and believe me. Yeah. That's basically what he's saying. Well, it's certainly something he does every time. And the the main problem I have with it is not that he's saying it because he's an idiot and that's what he's going to do. It's the fact that he never gets called on it. Why is Stephanopoulos or Wolf Blitzer, or Anderson Cooper, or, or, or JTAP, whoever. Why are they not saying, whoa, 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 who? Lots of people have written that. Who? Who wrote it? Give me two. What two people in what publications have said what you're saying now? And he won't be able to give it. Right. It, it, he, listen, he, it's a disgusting thing. 
this man and woman stood there, gave a speech to America on stage at the Democratic National Convention after having lost their son in combat, sacrificing his life to the nation that he loved, and Donald Trump doesn't have a kind word to say. Instead, he attacks the mother who didn't say anything to him. He attacks the, oh, maybe she can't talk. Maybe she's, maybe she's not allowed to speak. I don't know, a lot of people have been saying that. Fuck you, Donald Trump. That is a disgusting thing. Rather than sit there humbly and appreciatively and say, thank you. Thank you for your son. I'm sorry for your loss, but thank you. It's disgusting. And then for him to assert that he has sacrificed for this country. <laughs> oh, I've created lots of jobs. Yeah, all of that enriches you, you jackass. Mm-hmm. Every job that you've created in turn enriches you. You if you're not running a fucking charity, Donald Trump. Well, what what he meant to say was that he would have sacrificed if it wasn't for the bone spurs. <laughs> After all, he is a five time draft dodging coward. I mean, bone spurs are very debilitating. <laughs> Well, As Jesse D would know. If you, well, I do have bone spurs. You do? Yeah, and I still make it happen. <laughs> you do make it happen. <laughs> you make a lot of things happen. Here's my other problem with this, though. Is Donald Trump and his bone spurs at 22 precluded him from military service. But if you talk to him now, oh, he's a spry, he's strong like bull, 70-year-old. Oh, yeah, yeah he's uh, incredible health. I, I think he did use the horse analogy. As healthy as a horse, strong as a horse, is right. what his wacky hippie doctor described him as. But when he was a young, able-bodied man... Right. In his prime... Right. He couldn't serve because oh, of his bone spur. My, my will feet. My feet hurt. Can't join the military. <laughs> it doesn't... It's, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. He is a coward who dodged the draft five times, where men like John McCain answered the call and went to fight, ended up being taken hostage, prisoner of war, tortured, limbs broken over and over, offered to be let go, refused until his men went with him. That is a hero. That is someone of character. Not goddamn Donald Trump. Ugh. I have relatively strong feelings about this, Brittany. You should. It's bad words. <laughs> right. Take it easy. Easy, Brittany. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Many of the surrogates have come out and attacked the cons. Many of them. Trump himself attacked the wife. Well, Katrina Pearson. She's the lady who used to be in the Ted Cruz camp quit there or got fired, I'm not sure, and joined the Trump camp early on. She was on CNN spreading lies and disinformation about Kaiser Khan. And they immediately called her on her shit. Well, CNN has been talking about an attack on the family. So what exactly was the attack? He said he wasn't. He questioned why the grieving mother of this soldier who was killed in battle in 2004. Question why she chose not to speak at the Democratic Convention. That's specifically, I think, what people are talking about, Katrina. Well, if that's what we're talking about, then go back and check the tape, because he was specifically talking about reports that the father, not the son, and I think it's very important to separate those two, because Donald Trump did say that the son was a hero. He was speaking specifically to the reports that the father, who is a strong proponent of Sharia law, and actually writing about it and how the Constitution should be subordinate to Sharia law. That's That's not true, Katrina. That's why that even came up in the interview. That's not true. The father has addressed that. He, I'll just read to you, unless we have it on tape. He said that we do have it on tape. All right, let's play it. Sharia law, as we have titled, there is no such thing as Sharia law. These are laws of various Muslim countries, which are hodgepodge of British laws, French laws, Portuguese laws. In their 
there is tremendous discrimination of genders which disqualifies them under the constitution of united states cannot be implemented cannot be brought how can i be a person that has read this i preach that that i do not stand for any sharia law because there is no such thing Katrina, he doesn't stand for it. He never has stood for it. He carries around the U.S. Constitution. Allison, right. He abides by the Constitution. You're right. That's what he said. But I'm just telling you the reports and the documents that he wrote were put out there for all to see, which says the exact opposite. That's what Mr. Trump was referring to. There was no attack. It was an observation. But we got to go to break. But Mr. Trump was talking about the mother and why she didn't speak at the convention. That's exactly what he said uh, when he said it. Right. So, uh, Bakari, Katrina. Right. And the re- he said reading the reports. OK, go back and Thank check you. the tape. She is uh, she's the definition of smarmy. Her and that that other little blonde Kayla McInerney or whatever her name is. Terrible. I think that when they go home at night, they really have to have a good cry or something. I mean, I'm wondering how they can do this because every day they're on TV defending literally everything Donald Trump says. When you have people like Newt Gingrich who are now coming out saying Donald Trump is unacceptable. Right. These people right. are still defending everything he says. Well, it's it's going... It was one thing when it was just defending, Brittany. For me, it's now they're not only defending the bullshit and explaining away... The bullshit of Donald Trump. Now they're attacking the family members of someone who sacrificed his life in honor of his country and to protect his soldiers that were under his command. What has gone on with this same party that talks about, oh, veterans and soldiers, you got to honor the troops, thank the troops. Why don't you start by actually thanking the troops? actually showing honor and gratitude for those who have sacrificed all in service of the country you say you love so much is bothersome. Well, President Obama got in the mix this week and he spared no words talking about the fact that Donald Trump is unfit to hold the office that he presently holds. I think the Republican nominee is unfit uh, to serve as president. Uh, I said so last week, and uh, he keeps on proving it. The notion that he would attack uh, a Gold Star family that had made such extraordinary sacrifices on behalf of our country the fact that he doesn't appear to have basic knowledge around uh, critical issues means that he's woefully unprepared uh, to do this job. What's been interesting is the repeated denunciations of his statements by leading Republicans, including the Speaker of the House and the Senate majority leader and prominent Republicans like John McCain. And the question I think that they have to ask themselves is, if you are repeatedly having to say in very strong terms that what he has said is unacceptable, why are you still endorsing him? What does this say about your party that this is your standard bearer? This isn't a situation where you have an episodic gaffe. This is daily. There has to come a point at which you say, somebody who makes those kinds of statements doesn't have the judgment, the temperament, uh, the understanding to occupy the most powerful position in the world. There has to come a point at which you say, enough. And the alternative is that the entire party, the Republican Party, effectively endorses and validates the positions that are being articulated by Mr. Trump. 
This is so important. And I think that it's unfortunate because people who hate Barack Obama love Donald Trump. Yeah. And so they're not going to be receptive to this message. But it's an important one. And I wish that the hatred of Hillary Clinton wouldn't overshadow the need to call out Donald Trump. Right. Well, while I agree with all of that, I think that he may be trying to speak to the to the swing vote, because obviously those who are deep entrenched in the Donald Trump camp, they're not going to be swayed. And the people who are full on for Hillary, they're not going to either. There, there is a, a, a massive swath of the country falls somewhere in the middle who are inexplicably still trying to make up their mind. Well, I think he's also speaking to the people who are saying, listen, I don't agree with Donald with, with what Donald Trump is saying, but I still support him. Yeah. Oh, you mean that he's speaking to the, the power brokers who have endorsed and supported Donald Trump both tacitly. You mean them too? Right. Or like even, the Paul Ryans and the, right, the New Gingriches. Or even regular people who are saying, yeah, I don't agree with what he said. This is a little too much for me. Yeah. But I'm still supporting him. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, that's good. You're supporting him. You're supporting what he said. You're supporting his behavior on a day-to-day basis. That's what that is. That's what that means. Right. Well, like you said, it's not this episodic like, oh, he, it's one gaff. Like the women full of binders or the or binders full of women or the, the 47%. It's not one or two things. You, you know, uh, corporations are people too. All that bullshit that the one the one offs that Mitt, that Mitt Romney said that were stupid. This is in every time Donald Trump s- sits for an interview, he says something hateful, ignorant, or just selfish as fuck. Mm-hmm. It, it really is an alarming situation that we find ourselves in as a country. Not to mention, which this has lesser to do with it, but not to mention embarrassing. We as a country are a laughing stock of the highest order because we have a fucking cartoon character running for president. Ah. My arms hurt from waving them around so angrily, Brittany. <laughs> so angrily. Yeah. Well, listen, it's not only me who is not supporting Donald Trump. It's not just you. There are actually some bigger name Republicans who have come out and said they're not only not supporting Donald Trump, but they're going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Meg Whitman, the former CEO of eBay the former gubernatorial candidate in California has said just that. In a public Facebook post, Whitman explained her decision last night, writing, quote, Donald Trump's demagoguery has undermined the fabric of our national character. Trump's unsteady hand would endanger our prosperity and national security. His authoritarian character could threaten much more. I urge all Republicans to reject Donald Trump this November. Well, in an interview with The New York Times, Whitman went further. She said she would use her financial resources, which are big, and provide a substantial donation to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Then this afternoon, more Republican support for Hillary Clinton. Admittedly limited, but significant. Matt Higgins, a former spokesman for New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, announced he's back in the Democratic nominee. It comes on the heels of a similar announcement by Maria Camella, also a former spokesman for Giuliani, as well as New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. They, along with Whitman, now join the ranks of other Republicans, including U.S. Congressman Richard Hanna of upstate New York. Bush administration officials include former Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson, the guy who did the bailout, former Deputy Secretary of State Richard Armitage, who was number two to Cohen Cohen Powell, also an advisor of Ronald Reagan, and former Bush 41 National Security Advisor. And this is a top guy, Brent Scowcroft, who was the first Bush's number one guy. All of those Republicans, big name Republicans, lifelong Republicans, people who have served several Republican administrations, this isn't your, your the guy you don't know who calls into the radio show and says, oh, I was a Republican my whole life, but now I'm a Democrat. It's not that guy. Did he also name Robert Kagan? No. A senior fellow at the Brookings Institution, former Reagan State Department aide and advisor to the presidential campaigns of John McCain and Mitt Romney? No. That would be a good one, too. Th- there is a growing list And although things are terse right now, and Jesse D is fired up about all of this, 
day by day, I am, am, am growing in faith that in hope that something will happen. The unfortunate thing is, though, that some people hear this, right? Republicans supporting Hillary Clinton. And they say that is a negative, a negative for Hillary Clinton. See, she's a Republican. See, she's not a Democrat. Uh, I think those people aren't thinking clearly. Well, because, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with it. No, I'm, just I'm just saying, saying that this is what some people say. It's that Trump is so bad. Many people say this. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> yeah, that could be the case. We, we are living in weird times. But there is a growing list of reputable, lifelong Republicans who are not just not supporting Trump, but who are getting on the Hillary team, raising money, advocating that their friends do as well. Hopefully that will create some groundswell and it will take the campaign of Donald Trump out at the knees. That's if, and this is all rumor, that's why we haven't really talked about it this episode, but that's if he doesn't quit altogether prior to that which is being floated right now, that he might just fucking quit. Well, let's talk about the upcoming presidential debates. Yes. They are scheduled. We will see. Monday, September 26th mm-hmm. is supposed to be the first presidential debate in New York. Tuesday, October 4th is going to be the vice presidential debate. Mm-hmm. Sunday, October 9th will be the second presidential debate. And Wednesday, October 19th, is the third presidential debate. And those are the debates that are, are currently scheduled. We will see. I mean, he is already starting to throw a fit about the fact that they are scheduled along with NFL games. Well, he tried to claim that a letter was sent and the NFL was saying, oh, we don't want them to be scheduled on this day. Well, he said they... He said they sent me a letter, the NFL sent me a letter, and they said it was ridiculous. And then when when the, the, the press got to the NFL, they said, eh, no, no, we didn't send a letter. And then when they pressed the Trump campaign, they were saying, oh, uh, well, someone with close ties to the NFL said that to us. So he lied. So Trump's a liar. Right. I mean, it's no surprise. Of course. But come on. All right. Let's, let's end it, Brittany. Before my head fucking explodes. Taking care of biz. So this story is a little dated only because... I got sick and then we went on trip. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. When police received a report of a tent pitched outside of Gordon State College in Barnesville, Georgia, they headed over and asked the occupant to come out with his hands in sight. Fred Barley, 19, emerged, and he had an amazing story to tell. And thanks to the cop's compassionate reaction, his story has become even more amazing. A homeless biology major who had come to register for his second semester of college had pedaled a 20-inch bike six hours in the scorching Georgia heat Ah. with just his tent, a few belongings, some water, and a box of cereal, setting up his tent until the dorms opened in August. It's now August, but this is old, so... (laughs) Well, but they, they helped him out anyway. Yeah, so the police officers brought him to a motel, paid for two nights. They said they could tell he was a good kid who had been dealt a bad hand. And the story somehow got posted on a Facebook page. And that's when things really picked up and people started donating money. And they gave him a place to stay aside from the two nights in the motel. So he had a place to stay until he was allowed to move into his dorms in the college. Yeah. So, and now you know. he has a job at a local pizza, pizza place. He was showered with gifts, including a new bike, clothes, and school supplies. Awesome. So and all at the behest or at the initiation of these cops. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're not all bad on the cops here on I Doubt It with Dollamore. You know, when good shit happens, we want to talk about that, too. Well, and they started a GoFundMe page for him, and it has raised $183,000. Wow, really? Well, his college is paid for. That's... Yeah. 
Now he could maybe go to med school, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is good. Listen, guys, we love you. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for meeting us back here after the the three-episode hiatus. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore. This has been I Doubt It. Strangely, strangly, strangly!